walking in the light. We like talking about light, so we're going to talk about walking in the light. Um, as we know, our, our theme scripture for this year and the theme for our convention later on this year will be, I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So I want to kind of touch on some of those things today. We're going to start in First John chapter 1. We'll start there. We've read this out in the last few weeks. This has been read uh, and referenced a couple of times. So we'll read it again, just uh, as a bit of a, a scene setter. So let's look at that. Um, verse uh, 4 um, says, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So he gives us an idea here. Um, of the motivation for writing these things, and it's for encouragement for us to be joyful and something to rejoice in. He said, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. If we say then we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we're telling lies and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have the unity that we talked about yesterday. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. So there's the wonderful benefits from being in this position of being full, full of light and walking in this light. So um, let's talk about walking in the light. What does that actually mean? Um, I want to I talk about a few things today. I want to talk about seeing in the dark. Because light is an interesting thing, isn't it? Light helps you to see in the dark. When there's when there's no there's no way of using visual clues or, or there's no where to know where to put your next step, you need some light. You need light to help you see in the in the dark. It also uh, helps to light your path. If you are uh, running night trails or um, uh, happen to be in the bush at night time, you're going to need some some light to actually guide you in your way. It's not like in the daytime. In the daytime, you might have the little pink triangles that you follow, and you follow those, and they're on the trees, and away you go. But at night time, you've really got to follow the path. You've got to be able to see where it's heading and where it's going. And so uh, light becomes very important there. And it also highlights where you're at, doesn't it? I was talking with the kids this morning, and we were talking about running in the bush at night, and we were saying, you know, when you've got your headlamp on, where is it? At night time, it's actually no, not really that good out there in the darkness. You need it at your feet. You need to know where you're at. You need to know what's right in front of you. And so uh, light becomes something really, really powerful in that sense. It helps us. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Of course, we don't need to reiterate today what it means to be uh, a child of light. We know that those that are born again uh, enter into the kingdom of God and therefore are partakers of the light. And without that, you're in darkness. And that's where we all start out too, isn't it? We all start out in darkness. No one's born into the light. Only Jesus Christ. That's what the scriptures tell us. Not even John the Baptist it talks about his... his, his uh, uh, his role, and he was to push people to the light that was coming. He wasn't the light, and neither neither were we when we were born. And so we all have to have the light switched on, if you like, and that, of course, is through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Without that, there's, there's no light in your life. Um, 
That can be a harsh saying for some people, but that's the truth. The truth is, without the light in you, you haven't started. You're still at the beginning. You're still in darkness. So we understand that, so we won't, we won't labor that today. Um, uh, Matthew 7, verse 13. Just going to pick on a couple of things Jesus says here. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. So he gives this analogy here of a really straight, narrow way, which is the way for him. It's kind of weird in a sense, isn't it? You'd think, oh, God's big and he knows all things and he is all things. So surely the way to God is this broad way. Surely he's cleared the path, and it's, but it's not. Jesus said it's not going to be like that. You're going to need the light to help you find the path. And isn't that the truth? There's probably, oh, there it is there. Look at that timing. Yeah, timing. I mean, you try and find that path at night in the dark. If you were sitting in the, I was talking with the kids today, we're talking about it. With, oh, yeah, if you went up up to uh, somewhere and you just stopped in the middle of the bush and you were on the road, it'd be pretty easy to find your way on the road, wouldn't it? Without the light, you kind of know where it is. The tar seal's there. Your way you go, oh, it's, all, it's pretty wide. And you've got a bit of scope to move. You can kind of, woo, you go all over the place. But to find a tiny little path in the middle of the bush at night, you're going to need something to illuminate that light. We're going to need something to show us the way. And we know that is Jesus Christ himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also talks about himself, as we read before, about being the light. So all these things he's saying to us is that he is the one that is going to show us the way to go. And so when we walk with him, we walk in this light. Um, and uh, he helps us to stay on the right path. And it's an interesting thought. I was just... I had a few conversations of late just at work in different places, and this 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 uh, word came up, mainstream. Ooh, it's mainstream. I was talking with someone the other day, and they were saying, oh, yeah, back in the day, like, um, uh, or, actually, they didn't say back in the day. They're saying nowadays, things like um, uh, piracy, there you go, dubbing things illegally off the internet, the latest movie, or doing something like that, it's just the norm. Oh, it's mainstream now. I heard someone say that. It's, oh, it's mainstream just to copy that. Yeah, I know there's a big thing on the front that says you'll be fined or go to prison if you do that and it's stealing, but oh, it's all right if I just take the little magazine with Mortal Kombat things on it. No one's going to know. But the light kind of shines on that stuff and it, and it shows us that that is mainstream. That is the wide path along with a whole lot of other things. But the light in our life actually highlights these things, and the Lord says, that's not part of who we are now. We had a great testimony from our brother today. As soon as he received the Holy Spirit, and the light came into his life, he could recognize the difference between the broad way and the narrow way. And um, it's a really, really, um, really good lesson for us to understand is that the Lord is continuing to work with us to keep us on this narrow path, and so he's going to highlight things in our life that aren't right. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord we have a father who's a heavy hitter. He comes into our life and says, Sash, that's wrong. That's not right. I want you to stay on the path because you haven't got a lot of leeway here. There is a way, and it's through my son. And I've got a great job for you and a great commission for you, and you need to stay on this path. Don't go mainstream. You know, you hear that I was talking to a, Nominal Christian the other day, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got to try and make Jesus Christ mainstream. He'll never be mainstream. 
They killed him. The world killed him. They murdered him because he was different, because he came to show another way. He's never been called. Jesus Christ has never been called, and he never will. The scriptures tell us, Jesus says, don't be surprised when they hate you. <laughs> no one, you know, they're not the ones we kind of dwell on a lot. Oh, I don't like to be hated. We all like to be liked. And we know he says, it's not you they hate, it's me. I'll never be cool. I'll never be mainstream. He will always be the outcast. And we read yesterday the cornerstone that was rejected. He will always be rejected by, by the world. By what God has created, he will always be rejected. But we as people of the light, we are guided by this light. And, of course, we live accordingly and we make boundaries in our own lives and, and, and in the way that we walk in this life according to what the Lord has shown us. Let's go and look at a few um, scriptures. Let's go to Psalms for a little bit. Uh, let's go to Psalm 119. You all know where, where I'm going, 119, 105. We all know it really well. The first Bible I ever had had this written in it at the front. Psalm 119, 105. Let's, let's start it in verse... Um, Let's just go back to 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Who can say amen to that? Who can say amen to that? Who can say, well, the words and the instructions and the light that the Lord has shone in my life, they are sweet in my mouth. They are sweet. They are good things. Yea, sweeter than the honey to my mouth. They're things that we will take in. When it's talking about mouth here, he's talking about consuming it, that it actually sinks deep into our heart, not our bellies. It was yesterday. It was our heart that the Lord's talking about here. And he's saying these are sweet for our life and for our mindset and for our way. And it goes on and says, uh, through thy precepts I get understanding. We heard that yesterday in the, in the, um, in the talks yesterday, didn't we? Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we see here that this word that we have here, this is how precious and sweet it is for us, is that that lights the way. It says in John 8, but we shall have the light of life. Folks, this thing here, the original handheld device, this one here, this here has the answer to every question you will ever have in your life. Hard times, good times, in-between times, God has a word that is sweet, and it will be sweet for your mouth. And so he's saying, this word will light the way. It'll show you the way to go. I feel like I'm about to do a... <laughs> Put your mask on first business. <laughs> anyway. Um, so there's some wonderful thoughts here, just in the, in, in the Psalms here. Um, Psalm 25, let's read some more. Psalm 25, we're in the neighborhood. So it's so important to know our word and to, to consume it. Uh, 25 and verse 4, we're just going to pick a little bit out here. There's a, it's a great, read, read the whole of Psalm 25. We, we, we actually sing most of it. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Here, here it is. Um, in verse 4 it says, Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. 
This is our mantra. We want to go the way of Jesus Christ. Amen? We want to go that way. Show me that way, Lord. That's our, that's our, uh, our cry to the Lord. It says, lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. We have our priorities right. We're looking to the right guy, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're looking to him to lead us and guide us. In verse 10, it says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his commandments and his testimonies. We read a little bit about that yesterday in Deuteronomy, about them being conditional. But that makes it easy, doesn't it? You know what to do. It's so good. There's no confusion. We do the right thing, we'll reap good things. It's just, it's so empowering in your life. Uh, uh, 12, it says, What is, uh, where do I go? 214, I'm going to through that. Uh, what man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. So the, so the people who respect the Lord, they're the ones that the Lord's going to work with. He's going to work with those that are ready to be used and taught. It says, his, his soul, that man who fears the Lord, shall dwell at ease. Oh, yeah. And his seed shall inherit the earth. So it's saying you'll be blessed. It's awesome. And here, here's, here's the secret. Are we ready? Here's the secret. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show, him, show them his covenant. The Lord has shown us the promises. In fact, the promise Right from the book of Genesis, the promise that was made culminates in the receiving of God's Holy Spirit. That promise is now in us. And we are walking with that Holy Spirit. And it is the secret and the Lord's let us in. Isn't it nice when your mates let you in on a secret? Oh, yeah, I'm in the know. Oh, did you know? Oh, you don't know. (laughs) It's kind of nice to be in the know, isn't it? It's good to be in the know. But the Lord is saying here, he's, he's trying to, to drum up in our mind the fact that the secret of his power, the secret of his promise, not that it is secret, but I guess the essence of those things he's given to us. He hasn't held it back. He hasn't gone, well, I'm just going to give you this little bit and I'll hang on to the rest. He's gone, here's the download, Whoop, and you've got the lot. Got all the cheat codes. You've got all the, all the power-ups. For all the gamers out there, they're like, that's old school games. You don't do that anymore, Dad. Okay, that's fine. But he's given us the secret to walk with him. Um, Psalm 27, we're in the neighborhood. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When the Lord lights the way, there's no need to worry. The Lord is, is for us and he is with us. In verse 11 of the same chapter, it says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. We understand the landscape. We understand that it's not all bear and skittles, as they say. In fact, there's no bear, but there's plenty of skittles. Um, It's not life. Time and chance happens to us, all the Bible says. It rains on the just and the unjust. Things will happen in our life. Sickness, troubles, confusion, anger, offense. Happiness, joy, all these things, and, and the Lord will give us a way to actually deal with them. 
and mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. For false witness are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And it's almost, again, the same thing that we heard yesterday in the talk. Just do it. Wait on the Lord. Walk with him. Do it. Be strong. Be courageous in your walk with the Lord. Do it. Great stuff. Okay, cool. I want to, um, let's go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. I just wanted to highlight a couple of things here. Um, encouraged by some thoughts that I heard on this and just thought, oh, actually, this is gold. Genesis 4. Talk a little bit about a couple of bros. Yeah. Cain and Abel. I want to use this as a bit of a type for us, particularly uh, for all of us, but I want to talk particularly to those that maybe have grown up in the law, and that's the vast majority of us here today, um, because there are some unique challenges that you face as someone who who has nece- not necessarily experienced the world, uh, and um, uh, there's some unique pitfalls and um the Lord, the Lord shines a light on these things as well, and I think there's some of that in here for us. So let's just read this story here, and then we're going to take a little bit out of it. Um, it says, And Adam knew his, Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it gives us the background of these lads. Most of us are aware of this, this here. And it says, In the process of time, it came to pass. So this isn't like the next day. There was a lifetime here that was lived. There was some time that went by, some experience. Some things happened. And it goes on and says, uh, in the process of time came to pass, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now the first thing we need to understand here is we need to assume that they knew what the Lord wanted. And I believe they did because you'll see the responses soon, we have to assume that they knew what the right thing to do was. Doesn't There's a lot of details not here, but we have to assume that that's the case. And it goes on and says, um, uh, And Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also bought of the first of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Oh, hang on. What's, what's the deal with that? And it goes on and it says, um, But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. So it didn't quite work out the way that he thought it should have because Cain's done the same thing here as Abel in his own mind. He, he thinks he's done the same thing. He thinks he's, he, he's assumed he knows what God wants from him and he, he thinks he's done the right thing. And um, it's funny sometimes, uh, or maybe I think back in my own walk with the Lord, I received the Holy Spirit 32 years ago when I was 10 years old. And uh, for a long, I was brought up in the fellowship, so I was in a great family environment. I was fellowshipping with some of you guys. Uncle Pana was there. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, awesome. And Naughty Runnell was over there in the corner, and uh, it was great fun. 
and 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 life was good and and we saw testimonies and it was really great and we saw our parents outreaching and our parents taking care of the word and and things happening we're like, oh yeah this is cool and I'm just a child of all of this woo this is the life this is so good but I hadn't seen any turmoil I hadn't seen a lot of really hard things in my life and I certainly I guess for for a long time you cruise on the on the coattails of your parents and you may not really have a real understanding what it is truly that the Lord expects from you and um uh and you certainly or in my case there's a lot of smarter people here than me but certainly in my case I didn't understand what happens when the light shines a light on your life and what you do certainly didn't know what to do with that and so you see this here, this situation where we have two guys who are brought up in the same way, and we have to assume that they were brought up, essentially, of what we would say, using our terminology, in the fellowship, in the Lord. But one of them wasn't acceptable what he did for the Lord. It's a hard concept sometimes to get when you grow up. Well, it's all good, isn't it? Well, I've just come here, and, and you can grow up sometimes in the fellowship, and you go, well, I'm just going to be me, and I'll do me. And and that's it. But actually, the Lord wants you to do him. He doesn't want you to be, I'm not talking here about not having a personality, I'm not talking about that, but talking about putting yourself forward. Like, for instance, I used to get challenged sometimes about wearing a tie to church and wearing my best clothes. Oh, you, what do you do that for, man? You're so out there. Oh, that's what about all the people that don't and can't afford it? No, no, no. I said, bro, if I had a if I had a top hat and suit, I'd wear that. It's the best I've got. If this isn't good enough, I, I can't go any better. I don't know. I don't know what to do. This is my best I've got. That's all I'm going to give. And, oh, well, you can't do that. No, no. And then I was like, oh, whoa. And and I saw this comparison. Oh, I and I come along and I've got my ACDC t-shirt on and this is who I am. And I thought, oh yeah, if that was me, I'd be here right now in my Highlanders top and my, and my Highlanders things. And that's me. I'm telling you who I am and, and my favorite slip-ons. And I'll be like, oh, here I am. This is me. It's all a bit, hey, can you see me? Hey, everyone, see me. But the Lord's actually asked us to reflect him. And this is kind of what, what this story is about. The Lord's saying, actually, I want you very, very, very best. Because I gave you my very, very, very best. And the Lord's sort of saying, He's shining a light on this and saying, I want the best from you. And He's, and I don't, it, it's not about the quality of lamb. Maybe this was, you don't get Wagyu sheep, do you? Probably not. You get Wagyu beef, but I don't know what, this isn't Canterbury lamb. Oh, you've got Canterbury lamb and you've got something from the wire wrapper. Oh. The Lord, the Lord here. <laughs> He's trying to, to, to show to us that it is about attitude. And attitude shines up in the light of God really well. It shines up. Because we see here, and Cain was wroth, and his countenance fell. Now, I can, I can remember being in this situation quite a few times as a young person where, where I was talked to about things. And my countenance fell. I got angry. I thought, who are you to tell me that? You didn't know. What? Who are you to tell me that? I'm tougher than you. I'm cooler than you. Look at me. I'm awesome. And so I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what goes what went through my head. Oh, I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'll sit at the back of the hall. 
until I realised all I was doing was punching myself in the face. That's really all I was doing. <clears throat> because the, light, the Lord had shone, shone a light into my life and he said, it's attitude, Sash. Give of your very best. Because I was really good at giving my best outside. Really good at that. And so the Lord, Lord did that. And, and it goes on and says here, and, and it says in verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? God just picks it out straight away. Why, why are you angry? Why are you looking like that, bro? The Lord is right, zoned right into him. He didn't muck around and fluff around. He just go, oh, hi. He said, why are you like that? And he goes on and says, and why is your countenance falling? If you do the right thing, it'll be accepted. He said, you know that. So what are you grumpy about? He says, if you don't do well, then sin lies at the door. It wants to catch you out. It wants to take you away and separate you. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule, up, rule over him. So the Lord's got this wonderful thing here. And, and what I really want to highlight there is about when the light is shone on us, because it will be, and we, and we shouldn't look at that as negative. We should look at it as purification. We heard about that on, on Wednesday night, about being proved about our God caring for us and chastening us and molding us into this way so that we stay on the path because that's his desire and that's his end game. And we see some attitudes in here sometimes in here about um, maybe putting your own way of doing things above the way that the Lord has said. And it's easy to do that. And the Lord says to us, when we're faithful in little things, we'll be faithful in the big things. When we're not faithful in the little things, won't be faithful in the bad. And it's a bad attitude. So the Lord's saying to us here, when I shine a light on your attitude, do something about it. We're not going to read the rest of the story. We know what happened. It was devastating because this guy did the wrong thing and he couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the jandu, as they say. He couldn't take the Lord shining the light in his life. But that's not us. We're the people with a soft heart. We've had our opportunities to be hard-hearted and walk away and say, oh, forget that. But there is a warning here for us, is that taking on the instruction of the Lord is walking in the light. And the Lord wants to do that for us, and he wants us to recognize that. And the reason I say that sometimes that's a really big thing for someone brought up in the Lord is because you don't necessarily know the consequences of your actions of not doing something, of being in a position where you don't have the option of doing what the Lord says. And you're out there just at the whim of addiction and all the bad stuff out there. And in the Lord, the Lord has given us this, and he doesn't want us to be proud even in our approach, like uh, what Cain was here, really proud. I mean, it does say something for being vegetarian, I must admit. No, no, it doesn't. I have actually had someone try and tell me that, but that's not the truth. Um, it's telling us here about attitude and how important it is for us because our attitude will be a certain way when we're being led by the Lord in the light. Fantastic story. Um, awesome. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, duet. I thought it was going to get it read, read out yesterday. I thought, no. Deuteronomy, fantastic book. Deuteronomy means the second reading of the law. That's what the word means. 
and Moses gave it here just before. This is like the ultimate team talk. I don't know if anyone watched Super Rugby. I did watch the first game. And uh, I thought, oh, the Blues looking good. Half time, brilliant. Excellent. Half time came out. The Chiefs came back out and gave them a bit of a hiding. And I thought, oh, I wonder what Warren Gatlin said in the halftime shed. Can you bottle that? that? That would be magic. Something happened to that team. And they came out the second half and they just went berserk. And they controlled everything and the game just went their way. Enough about rugby. Um, but this is what this is like. Moses is in the shed at half time and he's going, okay, champs, you've been walking around for 40 years. You've done your 40 minutes, the first 40. It's a good analogy, that. There's a skit in that, Phil. First 40? The first 40 hasn't been that well. We haven't stuck to the rules. We haven't played the game that way. We wanted to play it. There's a fourth. There's that. Oh, I'll start wrong. And, he's, and this is just before they go into the promised land. Now, there was still work to be done. There was a second half. But he's, this, is, this is the team talk that Moses gives. So it's to the point. It's direct. It's practical. He's talking to everyone in every position. He's got, he's, this is the perfect game plan. And he writes some really cool stuff. We read some yesterday, which was awesome. But let's read chapter 8, verse 1. He says, All the commandments which I command thee this day you shall observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. So he's kind of setting the scene here and going, this is the way we want to walk. This is the way we want to go. And he says, and you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Now here's the, here's the really cool bit. This is really good. Can't really make this into a Warren Gatlin speech, but this is where it gets really, really good. It says, because some people are like, oh, why do they have to walk 40 years? Well, it tells us why. To humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether you wouldest keep his commandments or not. There's a great type for us now, too, isn't there? Is that the time that we have now is likened unto this time in the wilderness? Is that the Lord is proving us? He's testing us to see if we truly want to walk with him. And we do. And that's why we're here. And that, that's, that's encouragement plus. And the thought is, is that our God loves us so much that he wants to work with us. And he wants to mold us and shape us so that we can continue to be these wonderful shining lights of God's grace and mercy. Because it's only through accepting the grace of God that you stay humble. If you don't understand it, then it's really hard to be humble because you're not accepting any teaching from the Lord. It's all you. You know better. So it goes on and says, And he humbled thee, and he suffered thee to hunger, and he fed thee with manna, which you knew you didn't know how it came about. Neither did your fathers know that he, make, that he might make thee uh, know, and know that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord, does man live? This is just pure gold. The Lord truly has an interest in us staying on the path. And he's working with us. And even in the bad times, the struggles we have, the trying times, the things that, that come against us, the Lord is saying, this is just keeping you humble. It's keeping you looking to me and feasting on my way. 
He said, there's a reason. There's a method to this madness he's telling us. We don't like it. We don't understand it. It's tough. When the prickly stuff comes, it's hard sometimes. But we have a greater vision than that. The light shows us the way and we can navigate it. Yeah, you might stub your toe every now and then. It might be a bit tough, but you're still on the path. And that's what the Lord wants from us. And these are the blessings. It goes on. This is really cool. It says, Thy raiment, it's a lovely posh word, waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. They, their clothes never wore out. Their garments were still the same as when they left. Now that's a wardrobe. That's fantastic. They're banning shoes at the moment for Nikes for making them too good for running marathons. Imagine if they had a T-shirt that never never got a hole in it. Mate. Anyway, so this is talking about the provision of the Lord. He said, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so thy Lord, uh, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. He loves us that much that he wants to work with us. He wants to, uh, to, to guide us and to lead us in the way that leads to everlasting. That's what he wants. So when he comes to us and he shines a light in our life, and it will happen. It happens to us, and it will continue to happen because we're not the finished article. We're not the finished product yet. When the Lord returns, we become perfect. We become complete, the Scripture tells us. But right now, the Lord is working with us, and we just need to be have, continue to have these awesome attitudes of taking on the instruction of the Lord and seeing the benefits. Um, it goes on and says, Therefore thou shalt keep the commandment of verse 6 of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God brings thee into a good land, a land of brooks and of water and of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, are out of whose hills thou, thou, thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. The Lord wants to lead us to this place when his son returns. And so he's leading us to good places. We had a gift, I think, yesterday, or, or, or I can't quite remember, it might have been yesterday or, or Wednesday, about the fact that God knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and Omega, and he sees the end. He already knows where the end point is, and he's trying to lead us there. Ever been on a, on a walk when someone's done it before? They're like, oh, yeah, you go this way. Yeah, yeah, but, but it looks like you go that way. Yeah, yeah, but I've been on the track before you come this way. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, but it looks like you go that No, I've been on the track. I'll take you there. Oh, okay, and you, so you follow that person, don't you? And that's what it's like in the Lord. The Lord's saying, follow me. Come with me, I'm leading you. I've got my, you've got my word, you've got my spirit. Let's go. Let's get gone. Let's, let's get there. The quicker we do this path, the quicker we're at the promised land. In that sense, so the Lord is looking for us to be teachable, to love the light in our life, good and bad, and to have a really, really good attitude about walking in this path. Because there's some real distractions out there. There's some real pulls for us to change the path. And go, actually, let's accept all these things that are mainstream. That aren't what the Lord has shown us to do. And we read that in the first 40. That's kind of what happened. 
You know, the bench was already used in the first 40 in this example because all their mums and dads and that, they'd all passed on. This was the kids who were about to enter into the promised land. And so for us now, we need to stay strong. Um, Let's finish Psalm 32 and verse 8. Let's read this. He says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way you should go. Praise the Lord for that. I will guide thee with my eye. He's looking out for us. He's watching us. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which has no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. The Lord is calling us to rejoice, folks. He's calling us to continue to be these moldable units in his hands, that we be about his business, that we love his way, that we're not scared of of what the Lord has asked us to do. We're not concerned, overly concerned with what, what goes on in the world, but we're rejoicing right now. And really this ends here at saying to us, it's all about attitude. Eli used to have a coach, football coach, and every time they had a little gathering, he would say, guys, your attitude determines your altitude. And it's the, it's the truth in the Lord. So let us continue to be good soldiers, good workmen and ladies for the Lord. They're taking on the instruction of the Lord with a great attitude and doing it together with one vision and one mind, knowing that God is for us. And if he is for us, then then nothing can get in the way. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Run on.